Do a lot of magic are on an eight game win streak. So why is that the case? I've got two reasons at least. Franz Wagner, and it's all about that pace. We'll dive into some numbers and recap the whole in-season tournament experience for the Magic coming up on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic, today is December 1st, 2023, or at least it will be December 1st, 2023 by the time you probably listen to this. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, after early season struggles and some hand-wringing over his numbers, Franz Wagner is looking like Franz Wagner again. Told you not to worry. We'll get into what Franz is doing well. That has uh, that has him really leading this Magic team uh, in this eight-game win streak. We'll also talk about how the Magic are trying to balance pace and increase their pace to be better offensively. Some fun offensive numbers on today's show. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. The Orlando Magic did not get off to the start offensively that they that they wanted to get to. Like, like let, let, let's lay those cards out on the table. Paolo was struggling. Everyone was wringing their hands over it. Franz was being hyper-aggressive. Remember when he took 26 field goal attempts against the Los Angeles Lakers? Everybody, but he wasn't shooting efficiently. And, and even, you know, like I was on Locked on NBA earlier this week, that was one of the questions I was asking. He's like, why isn't Franz Wagner as efficient as he usually is? And I was like, well, you know, he's trying to do a little bit more scoring. Maybe the spacing is a little bit worse, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Um, there are some things from the Magic Star players that were concerning. And even though the Magic were five and five, you all felt like things were just a little bit on a tipping point that, you know, perhaps the team, you know, would straighten out and be fine, or perhaps things would continue to kind of be muddled and struggle through. And then we get to, this next part of the schedule we're about to get to um, and be in a, in a bad spot. You know, obviously we know where this team is at now. Uh, we know what's happened. They've won eight straight games. They're really in cruise control in a lot of ways. This Orlando Magic team has found something. And we got to give at least some of the credit. We got to give some of it to the reemergence of Franz Wagner. I don't have the, the Paolo Bencarosance. Uh, I, I, my art history doesn't go that far back, and I'm not going to reuse reuse that. Um, but we could get a little romantic over Franz Wagner because he is certainly not Baroque. Okay, I'll stop. Um, Franz, Franz has emerged, especially during this win streak, as the player we all know that he is and the player that you know, we all expected him to be. 
And the numbers bear this out. So here are his full season numbers. 20.2 points per game. Higher than they than it was last year. And yes, he's coming off back-to-back 30-point games. We're still not a quarter of the way through the season. Numbers are still very, very, are still not very sticky. He's shooting 46.8% from the floor, which is the same number as his rookie year. Just 31.6% from three, which not a good number. And 82.6% from the foul line, also a career low. His effective field goal percentage is 151.9%, which is just a hair above what it was his rookie year. So we're not seeing the efficiency from Franz Wagner. But again, overall numbers. He's averaging a career-high 16.4 field goal attempts per game. A career-high 5.3 three-point attempts per game. He's averaging a career-high 5.6 rebounds per game, as well as 3.2 assists per game. Uh, And his turnovers are still hanging around two at 1.9 per game, slightly down from last year. In other words, for the full season, it has been a little bit of ups and downs. It has been a little bit of difference for Franz Wagner. But here we go. Here are the numbers you care about. During the last eight games, this magic win streak, Franz Wagner is averaging 21.9 points per game. Averaging or shooting 53.1% from the floor overall and 81.3% from the foul line. So his free throw numbers still a little bit down. Three-point shooting is way down at 29.7 uh, attempts per game, 29.7%. But his overall shooting efficiency is up. He is making his shots now. He's making his shots at the basket. He's getting to the rim. He is finishing at the basket. And this is the big, big, big difference for Franz Wagner. Let's go back to those kind of full season numbers. This season, Franz Wagner is shooting 59.8% in the restricted area on six and a half field goal attempts per game. He's adding 47.1% in the paint outside the restricted area on 3.8 attempts per game. Those sound like good numbers, but here's the kicker. He shot 65.4% in the restricted area on 5.1 attempts per game. So attempts up, percentage down. Sometimes you expect that, sometimes you don't. And 41.1% in the paint outside the restricted area on 3.4 attempts per game. So at least those shots are going in. During this eight-game win streak, Wagner has made 66.7% of his shots in the restricted area on 7.9 attempts per game. Again, full season, 59.8 in the restricted area on 6.5 attempts. Last season, 65.4% on 5.1 attempts per game. Wagner is getting more attempts, getting downhill to the basket, and making them at a higher clip. On top of that, he's now shooting 56.5% or during this win streak. He's shooting 56.5% on the shots in the paint outside the restricted area on 2.9 attempts per game. I, I want to just make sure we make this clear. That's roughly 10.3 of his 16 field goal attempts are coming right in the paint, right in the painted area. He's not doing any mid-range shots. It's threes and layups. And the big difference for Franz Wagner is, yes, he is being more aggressive. He's getting downhill. He's getting to the basket more. The big difference for Franz Wagner during this win streak is he is making these shots. Sometimes offense is ridiculously simple. Just make some shots. Franz Wagner is making shots right now. And you can see it. Like, I gave you all those numbers. He scored 30, 30 points against the Charlotte Hornets, including, uh, I believe it was 23 points in the middle two quarters to help the Magic pull away in that one. He had 31 on, on Wednesday against the Washington Wizards, including 17 in the third quarter. All of that for him was just getting downhill and getting to the basket. Like some, again, 
I, I wish I had a more complicated answer, but I mean, there is, but, but making shots is a big deal. And so much of this magic offense is really about making shots. And we're going to get to some of that, uh, some of what's going on there in a, mo- in a moment. But for Franz, what's happening is he is getting downhill. And again, you don't need the numbers. Watch the games. Watch how he is making it a point to get down for the basket. Watch how he is making it a point to body guys up, to create separation. He's really good at that. He's been really, really good at that this year of using his body to create some separation and shield the ball. He is excellent at finishing around the rim. And whatever struggles he was having earlier in the year, those seem to be completely gone. And at this stage, Wagner is so good at just getting to the basket and scoring. This has been as big as any part of the Orlando Magic's success this season. This has been as big as any part of whatever success you think Wagner is having this season is there is a determination to get to the basket and he is so, you know, balanced, so adept, so skilled at that. If he wants to get to the basket, you give him a crease to get to the basket. He's going to get there. And it's not a lot of, again, it's the same thing as always. It's always, it's not even a lot of offense run for him. He runs the floor really well. He makes good decisions. He cuts to the basket hard. He is there whenever the magic need that outlet defend offensively. And Wagner has seen his game grow a ton. And and yeah, like with Paolo, it took him a little bit of time. It took him a little bit of time to kind of get going. But now that everyone understands their roles, now that everyone kind of understands how this offense goes, now that everyone's kind of free-flowing and moving, Franz Wagner is thriving. And it's a big reason why the Magic are where they are today. I would, I would note that, yes, I think Franz Wagner is trying to be more assertive, trying to search for shots a little bit more. He's obviously taking career high in field goal attempts per game. He is doing that stuff too. And, and that stuff has met with some mixed results. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. But you don't need him to do much more. You want him up around 16, 17, 18 shots per game, and that's what he's getting. And when he's hot, like he's been the last two nights, you know, where he made his first nine shots against Charlotte after a scoreless uh, first quarter, uh, and really help the Magic take control of that game. This is the kind of star the Magic have in France. And there's no reason to think that aggression is going to stop. Now, a big reason why Franz Wagner is getting more of these higher quality shot attempts, it's not because he's necessarily creating them, although he does create a lot. It's because the Magic are playing at a faster pace. We can't deny it. You can't deny it. Pace is a factor for this team. And so we got to talk about what the Magic are doing to get that pace up and what the effects of that have been. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for quick work by friends over at FanDuel. The weather is getting a little cooler, even here in Florida, but the NFL action is staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I know uh, I checked Coach of the Year odds uh, last week. Someone mentioned that Jamal Mosley should be Coach of the Year, which he absolutely should be the front runner for Coach of the Year right now. Um, and I saw his odds were at plus 1,300. 
I think that's dropped to plus 300 last time I, uh, on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, next time the Magic go on a little losing streak, slip that bet in for for for, for Joel Mosley because he's going to be coach of the year. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and, and continue your NBA season and continue your NFL season right. FanDuel is official partner of the NFL. Before we continue on today's episode, don't forget the Locked On Network has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On and the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. Okay, um, we do periodic checks on this. Um, you know, it's something I'm intrigued with. Uh, you know, I, I, I keep kind of a running check of where the Magic rank in the four factors. And, and notoriously, pace is the most difficult of the four factors, both to define uh, and to describe as important. But we are seeing, but, but so, uh, you know, pace in this sense being possessions per 48 minutes, just the, you know, kind of total number of possessions this team is playing with. Um, coaches, when they refer to pace, often mean the speed at which you're, initiating offense, and, and that's a big part of this puzzle too. But undeniably, there is a trend going on with this Magic team. After starting the year in the bottom 10 in pace, just like their offensive rating, their pace is snuck into the top half of the league. The Orlando Magic, at least entering Thursday's games, it may have changed by now, the Orlando Magic sit at 15th in the league in pace at 100.3 possessions for 48 minutes. Lest you think that is not something to celebrate after Wednesday's game against the Washington Wizards. And boy, do we wish we could play the Wizards all the time because that defense is rough. The Orlando Magic officially have a top half of the league offense at 113.9 points per 100 possessions. Congratulations, everyone. We did it. We have a top, top half of the league offense. Yes, sir. Now, the defense has slipped a little bit, um, but they're still third in the league, so not that much. Pace is part of the reason why. So just looking at the last eight games, just during this win streak, and then look, the Magic have played some really strong teams, have played some really fast teams during this win streak. The Indiana Pacers, the Washington Wizards, the Charlotte Hornets, all play very, very fast. The Chicago Bulls do not. So yeah, there, are, there are some outliers here. But during this win streak, the Magic have the eighth fastest pace in the league among all teams in their last eight games at 100.1 points per 100 possessions. Now, pace is not correlated to wins. I want to make that very, very clear. The San Antonio Spurs at 0-8 in their last eight games have a 1-3 pace in those games. The Washington Wizards at 1-7 are 102.3. The Atlanta Hawks at 3-5 are 102.1. The Detroit Pistons at 0-8 are 102 even. Playing fast does not mean, or playing with higher possessions does not mean you are a better team. I want to make that perfectly clear. But considering that both the Magic's pace has risen and the Magic's offensive rating has risen, there is, there is at least some correlation there. So obviously the first place you want to look at when you're thinking, okay, team's playing with a lot of possessions, that must mean they're getting on the break a lot. 
is you look to fast break points. For the season, the Orlando Magic are averaging 12.9 fast break points per game, which is 21st in the league. Not particularly good. What Orlando is actually very good at is stopping fast breaks, although even that has slipped down to 15th at 14.2 points per 14.2 points allowed per game. One of the reasons why I'm a big that's one of the reasons why we that you know we all kind of believe and know turnovers are the biggest hindrance to this Orlando Magic team in total. However, during the last eight games, the Orlando Magic are 10th in the league in fast break points per game at 14 and a half per game. Now you might be thinking, okay, two point two fast break points per game, that's not that big of a difference. You know, we're talking relatively to the rest of the league, but I would argue that it, it 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 isn't that big of a difference, but it is symbolic of the way this team has evolved. It, it, it's more of an attitude uh, to get down the court quickly, to, in, to initiate your offense, to be able to get to the second and third side in your offense. It's Jalen Suggs stealing a point because a team is jogging back and he's always going at full tilt to beat the beat defenders to the basket, which he does very, very often. It's turning the turnovers the Magic are creating. They're still the you know, number one team at forcing turnovers in the league into easy baskets, into forcing cross matches because you're getting down the court quicker. It's not necessarily about fast break points, but it's about playing at a speed that forces the defense to set up quicker, to, to have to be more alert, to expend more energy, uh, essentially. And a lot of teams are trying to do this with the Magic too. Like, don't get me wrong. But there is this correlation. This eight-game win streak has coincided not only not only with an improvement in the offense, and obviously being at home has been a huge boost, but also an improvement or at least a speeding up with pace. Now let's change our definition of pace. It's no longer possessions per 48 minutes. It's about the speed at which the Magic run their offense. It's about the speed at which they initiate their offense. We used to hear coaches say we want to be an 18-second offense. We want to initiate our offense by the 18 second mark of, of the shot clock. Now I'm hearing a lot of coaches say, and I've heard Jamal Mosley say this, or Jalen Suggs say this at least, we want to initiate our offense at 21. We want to be a 21 second team. This isn't about seven seconds or less. It doesn't matter how many possessions you get. It's the speed at which you initiate your offense. It's, your speed, it's the speed at which you get across the timeline, get into your offense, get set, and start moving. And then again, pace again the speed at which you move through these sets so that you're consistently putting pressure on the defense. This is what's changed for the Magic during this win streak. This is why the Magic's, this is one of the reasons why the Magic's offense has worked so well. It's not that the Magic are shooting the ball that much better. They're still not a great three-point shooting team. Even in the last eight games, they're struggling to shoot. Let me let me pull up numbers here. In their last eight games, your line of Magic are sixth in the league in effective field goal percentage of 57.1%. That's pretty good. Um, let me pull up three-point field goal percentage. But uh, in the last eight games, the Orlando Magic are looking like 10th in the league in three-point field goal percentage. You know, again, that's that's a little bit surprising to me, but 38.4%. They're only taking 28 threes per game. So it, it's, it, yes, the Magic are making shots, like very, very clearly. But the speed at which they are executing their offense absolutely has been a factor in this team pushing itself forward. It absolutely has been a factor for this young Magic team to be in the position they're in now. You know, we talk about, 
you know, a, a big thing that I've been trying to point out and, and, and establish here during the last three, four games now is like, okay, what is this Magic team's principle? You know, we talked about it yesterday, but let's just narrow it to yesterday. Go listen to yesterday's podcast. I, I apologize for the audio issues. My mic decided to raise its gain a little high, and I didn't notice it till late in the episode, so I apologize for that. Um, uh, but but uh, this team is trying to play to its standard, to its principles, to, to, to the things that they know they have to do. And playing fast, playing with pace, play, you know, however you want to describe it, is part of it. This eight-game win streak is going to be something that the Magic are going to point to, that the Magic are going to be able to look back and say, okay, this is how we play basketball. You know, we defend, we force turnovers, we get deflections, we're disruptive. We run. We run and we run and we run. And we're not, you know, and Jamal Mosley, you know, said this because I've been kind of, I'm going to work on an article on this for, for Friday or Saturday. Um, Jamal Mosley said it, you know, pretty plainly that we want to run, but we want to run with a brain. We don't want to just run to run. We're not just going, getting out there and going. We want to run with purpose. We want to run and make smart decisions. We want to play fast and, and put the defense on its back heels, but we don't want to be reckless with it or turn the ball over, just throw the ball around. That's what Washington's essentially doing. Um, and yeah, they score a lot of points. They, they do get their opportunities, but you can tell they're all helter-skelter. They're all over the place. This Magic team has done a very good job finding this balance over the last two weeks. And that's why they're in the position they're in now. That's why they're looking like the team they are now that they're a team that has found its pace. And early in the season, it wasn't fast break points. The Magic really struggled in transition early in the season. And they're still, you know, overall still not a high fast breaking team. But you can tell, regardless of fast break opportunities, you can tell this team has found its tempo. It's found its pace. It's found the rate at which it needs to play in order to be successful. And that has been a big, big piece of this puzzle. The Atlanta Magic are done in the in-season tournament. We got a chance to talk to them a little bit about it Wednesday. Didn't get a chance to talk about it here. I want to talk a little bit about what the Magic said and what they learned and how I think that you can improve the in-season tournament. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at Game Time. Look, tickets are hard to come by. You know, sometimes you go to these sites and you don't quite know how much you're going to be paying. There's all these fees added on. And, you know, you want to make sure that you get ticket seats to the game. That's that's At the end of the day, that's what matters. So you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. It's your one-stop shop for everything happening in your town. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I went to a Rays game this summer, had a great time at the Trop, used game time to get my tickets, had a little bit of a problem actually, uh, making sure with the MLB app, making sure the tickets got to my phone, got, got to me. Game time helped me out, solved all my problems, made sure I had my tickets, went with, went with some friends, had a fantastic time. You know, I love going to the Trop. You know, maybe I'll be using game time to make sure I get tickets to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to have the Rumble back in town, especially with a, a certain Chicago-made uh, punk um, back in WWE. Game Time is the only ticketing app 
that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. You can see your, your view from this, your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront. So you know, you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets literally in seconds with two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on NBA, L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We, we've had some time over the last few days to just kind of come down a little bit from uh, the, in, the, the in-season tournament, from, from the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks advancing in the in-season tournament and, and eliminating the Orlando Magic. And, you know, we'll, we'll have time really at the end of the season to really reflect back on, on what that experience was like. But, but you know, I, I want to repeat this before we get into some of the nitty-gritty of stuff. Um, just because the Magic did not advance in this tournament does not mean it was a failure. Um, obviously, we're on an eight-game win streak. All the goals for this team are really still very much in front of us and very achievable and, and on track to be achieved. Um, there is no reason to feel down about not playing in the games on Monday and Tuesday. Um, there, there's there's nothing to be ashamed of or worried about. Um, it, it The Magic put in their best effort. They were first place on the last day. They they set they set a high mark in the clubhouse for the Boston Celtics and for the Brooklyn Nets to achieve. And look, Brooklyn didn't get there. Boston did. So be it. Those are the rules. It's a small field. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I know everyone's upset with Boston and very upset with Chicago, but at the end of the day, you know, I think Jalen Sugg said it best at, at shoot around before Wednesday's game. You know, at the end of the day, we know we shouldn't have lost to Brooklyn as by 20, and we know we should have expanded that lead or kept the lead against Chicago. Uh, at the end of the day, what I'm really encouraged by from what from what the Magic had to say about being eliminated on Wednesday um, was they understand that it wasn't Boston doing whatever Boston did, and I'm gonna get to that. And I'm gonna get to my thoughts on that in a minute. It wasn't Boston doing whatever Boston did. It was on them. It was their, you know, it was what they needed to learn about putting teams away and valuing every game. You know, Jamal Mosley said it. Jalen Suggs said it. Joe Ingles, to some extent, said it. Um, he's a veteran. I think he's 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 a little, you know, a little a little more jaded, a little more a little more grizzled on this stuff. But everyone we talked to about being eliminated all said it. They're disappointed. Um, so don't think that the ma- don't think that Magic players aren't competitive and, and aren't thinking, didn't really want this. They they did really want this. They're disappointed. But like I said, they came away from it thinking, or came away from it saying, it's on us. It's not Boston. It's not Chicago. It's not Toronto. It's not Brooklyn. It's on us. It was a two-point game entering the third quarter at Brooklyn. Paolo Bancaro said it after Friday's game against the Celtics. That you know they maybe didn't realize that it was an in-season tournament game or how important it was, and it was the first one for them. Nobody really knew how it was going to work. We learned now. We know that. We know how it's going to work. It's going to be better next year, as good as it was this year. It's going to be better next year because now everybody knows 
how this works. And I can guarantee you, if point differential is a tiebreaker, the Magic are going to remember this. So it's going to make them better for next year's tournament. And, and, and I, that was a consistent message too. Everyone's excited for this thing next year. They're excited to give it another try next year. If anything, of anything else, that's proof that this tournament was a success. Players are bought in. It's not just about the 500K as much as it is. Players are bought in. They The guys that got eliminated want another crack at this next year. They're, they're excited about it. So yeah, you know, it it stinks the way Boston got in. I was listening back to uh, Locked On Celtics uh, from our friend John Corrales uh, on on Friday just to hear you know get a glimpse of what he thought about the Magic. And you know, the, some people are invested in the season tournament. Some people aren't. The Celtics are certainly a team where that's not their main goal. Um, you know, of course they want to advance. They clearly did, um, but. You know they're they're thinking of bigger fish. You know this this in season tournament is a perfect incubator for a team like the Magic. You know the Pelicans and Kings are great teams uh, to to have a shot at this thing. The Pacers are a great team to have a shot at this thing. The Knicks are a great team to have a shot at this thing. To get a non traditional contender in this tournament uh, and in the knockout round, that's that's what this is for, and, and it's going to make everyone who plays in those games better. And, and more than anything else, I did not care if the Magic won these games. I cared more that the Magic got the experience of what pressure games are going to feel like. I wanted beyond all hope for this game against Boston, for that game last week at the Amway Center against Boston to have meaning, to be important. Because if it was important, I knew that the fans would bring it. I knew the atmosphere would be charged. It would feel a little bit like a playoff game. And you could feel how big that game was. I talked to some Magic staff, you know, Magic Magic staffers and 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 some and some other reporters. And we were all kind of putting our heads together and trying to think what is the big, what is the, you know, this is the biggest regular season game in Magic history since blank. And a lot of us were, were going way back. You know, maybe some of us were picking games from 2019, but nothing in 2019 felt as big as last Friday. And so having the Magic experience that atmosphere and play well in it, to me, that's victory enough. Like I, I'm, I'm happy about that. But look, I think... Jalen Brown has said it. I think a lot of players have said it. The point differential thing did lead to some screwy outcomes. I do not think the Magic were trying to run up the score against the Celtics on Friday. I think they are a young team that doesn't know how to ease off the throttle. And especially considering how many leads the Magic have blown in the fourth quarter. I think them, I don't think they want to ease off the throttle. They want to keep going to the end because they have been nearly beaten when they didn't, when they didn't run through the tape. Um, And so I, you know, Jason Tatum made some comments seeming to suggest the Magic were running up the score. I didn't feel that way. I, I just don't think the Celtics could stop them that day. I think the Magic were just rolling and, and feeling the emotions and feeling everything uh, on that day. Having said that, you know, yes, knowing Boston needed to make up a 24-point difference or 23-point difference, um, they they put it on Chicago. And we knew by halftime, like, oh, this is this is trouble. You know, this is trouble for the Magic. Um you know, Brooklyn was winning and, and you know, nearly flirted with with getting the number that would have eliminated the Magic anyway. The Magic essentially missed the qual- in the quarterfinals by five points. Um, the Celtics ended up beating them on point differential by five points. Um, so again, it's about the win over the Bulls. It's about the loss of the Nets. That's that's where the Magic lost this thing. It wasn't the chicanery the Celtics did on, on Tuesday. Um, but yes, you know, I think Jalen Brown said it really well. Um you know, it's it's unfortunate that's how things had to go. Uh, but that was the tiebreaker they decided. Everybody knew the rules. 
Having said that, you know, the NBA put out numbers saying that they had like a, uh, they almost doubled their television audience from the same window last year for the Warriors Kings game, the final, the final game of the quarterfinal of the, of the group play round that sent the Kings into Kings into the tournament as the second seed in the West. This thing has been a humongous success. Again, you, you could feel it from the magic side of things where the magic used this as an incubator, you know, you know, we could feel the energy, you know, the, and the momentum this team built in those games. It's been a success on, on that front. You could feel the success from the players buying in. It's been a success from people, you know, tuning in. It's been a success from us talking about it. This thing has been a success. And, and, and I've long told people, I think the group play games will take a little while to get going and to feel that intensity these single elimination quarterfinal games are going to be intense. They're going to be so much fun. I'm going to be sitting down on my couch Monday and Tuesday watching all four of these games like they're playoff games. I'm really, really excited. But the way it ended, the way group play ended, definitely left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And, you know, I've told people, you know, Adam Silver said it really, really well. It takes time to build traditions. And so now that we've done this thing once, Everyone's going to come back next year and know exactly how to attack this thing. So I think the tournament, the nature of the tournament will be different next year because now it's not a curiosity. Now we've done it once. We have experience. So experience is going to make it better. I do think the NBA and the players union will come together and say like, Hey, this point differential thing didn't really work um, or, or it created some odd incentives. And that's something that we may need to tweak. Um, I've seen a bunch of ideas out there for how to tweak it, including, you know, making point differential less of a factor, less of a factor in tiebreakers or a deeper tiebreaker. Um, I've seen, I've seen people suggest doing the old CBA point system where there's seven points available in each game. You get three points for a win, one point for winning each quarter. If you tie, you split the points. Um, I think that is, you know, again, that I think serves as a good tiebreaker potentially. But my other thing is, everyone had trouble explaining the format of this tournament and like even explaining why the, the point differential was a tiebreaker. The NBA wants to keep this as simple as possible. Um, and so I, I suspect, you know, if it were me, the idea that I'm pitching, I think that you cap all point differentials at 20. You can never gain more than 20 points in point differential or lose 20 points in point differential in any game. That's going to stop kind of these, that's going to stop what happened in Boston. And I know that benefits the magic really, really, that benefits the magic a ton. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the magic don't get something out of it. Um, but that's going to prevent teams from doing these extreme blowouts and, and doing these kind of uh, machinations where they're trying, you know, where Boston needed to, you know, win by 30 to ensure that they pass the Knicks if they needed the wild card. That's, that's, that's really what that was about. It wasn't about the magic. It was about the Knicks. Because the Knicks were destroying Charlotte, New York, or Boston knew that on the sideline. They had a coach watching the scores. They were doing the math on what they needed in real time. And, and that's why they did what they did. Um, I think that's what you're trying to get rid of. Uh, and so if you cap that point differential of 20, I think you keep the simplicity of what we experienced Tuesday night without the potential for embarrassing another player or teams running up the score to build a 30 point lead, you know, it, al it almost drags Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee was the other team. They had a 30-point win over Charlotte. They had like a plus 39 entering the final day. It like dragged Milwaukee back down to the pack where the Magic did have a chance to, to pass them um, in the wild card if things broke really, really right for them. It was going to be very, very hard, but but really, really right for them. So I think, I don't like, 
I know people are kind of wringing their hands over this right now. And again, once the quarterfinals start, I don't think anyone's going to care because we're going to get some really good basketball. Uh, but I do think we will see some tweaks to this. But overall, I think that the turn that the tournament structure is going to stay the same. They're going to give it another go, see if people, see if teams, see if players understand it better and see fans understand it better the second time around. Now that we've had, you know, I think this tournament will get better with experience. Now that we've done it once, we'll know what to expect and do it and do it better next time. Um, but I do think that, you know, something like that, something like capping point differential at 20, um, 20 feels like the right number. Um, I think that, I think that's going to solve some of these, um, you know, spirit of the game problems that a lot of people had with making point differential, one of the primary tiebreakers in this tournament. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of my feeling. It's really important. I think for the NBA to keep things really, really simple if they do make any tweaks. Um, and I, and it's obviously, I think very, very important that the NBA keeps everything in this time frame. They want to use November as, as tournament, as the tournament month and get the tournament final in on a weekend day before college football bowl games start, before the NFL starts taking over Saturdays. At the end of the day, the perp, you know, let's be callous about let's let's be cynical about this. This is fun. I, I want the NBA Cup to mean something. I want the Adam Silver Cup to mean something. You know, I, I hope, you know, I think the NBA is really is really rooting for a Lakers, Suns, Bucks, or Celtics um champion. Uh, I would, th- I think they would love it if LeBron won it because that would legitimize the championship in a lot of ways and legitimize it as something to achieve that the greats do achieve. Um, again, but you know, a Durant, a Giannis, a Tatum would would satisfy that too. I think. Um, you know, let's be, but we need to be cynical about this. The reason this tournament exists is to get people to talk about the NBA that would not otherwise talk about the NBA early in the season during football season. The NBA scheduled all these things to occur when there is no football going on to take over non-football nights during the week. And then when we get to get to the championship game, it's at a point when there's no college football so they can eat up your Saturday. That's what this is for. It's been a success. Like, like be cynical about it, but know that it's been a success on almost every front. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I too am a little disappointed the Magic aren't playing a game on Monday or Tuesday. I was starting to look at flights to Vegas. I was getting excited. I, I applied for credentials to Vegas. Um, the magic will get there. Don't worry. Um, but this wasn't our year. And, and so obviously I think we're all a little disappointed by that. That's what I got for you today. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. If you're tuning in, Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them, it's on podcast to your podcast and able to listen advice. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Got a nice spiffy new uh, profile photo there. Very, very excited about that. Love the love the new site design as well. Don't forget, you can also check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Go to patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub to learn more. Um, you can check out a lot of my articles there, a lot of my articles there, including some uh, playbook videos where I break down some film. A lot of fun that I have on there. I'm going back down to like one post a day. I'm trying to like ease myself a little bit. Um, but you get extra content, extra magic content. And then I think that's that's ultimately what, what you're looking for, including my immediate thoughts after every game. I also want to give a special shout out to the crew over at Duvin. Uh, I'm wearing my, I believe in magic shirt from the Duvin drop uh, earlier on Thursday. Um, I missed the first drop and I'm really regretting that I did um, because it was so awesome just to be in a space with so many just excited magic fans. I know there's, a, I know, I know that everyone's excited about the fashion and 
and all that stuff. And that's not necessarily my forte, although I love that sweater and, and very glad I got that sweater and I, I needed a new magic hat and I got a new magic hat. Um, but it was great being in a space with so many magic fans, you know, we're at the Amway center and, and we can all feel the excitement for this team and the excitement for the future. A couple of people came up to me while I was at the drop party, uh, introduced themselves. Thanks for list. Thanks. Thank, thank for the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing. Um, this is a, you know, talk a little magic basketball. That's what I love to do. Um, this is a great fan community. Uh, I'm so, so proud and happy of this community. I'm so proud and happy that we are getting to experience this kind of success. Uh, I can feel the energy from everyone when they talk about the magic. It's, it's no longer dread. It is excitement. It is eagerness. It is anticipation. Uh, and events like that um, are, are fantastic. You know, I saw a couple, a couple old friends that I haven't seen in, in a little while. Um, I'm probably going to see a bunch of you out there at the uh, six man shows watch party coming up in December. I don't know if they've, they've announced it officially yet. So I will leave that to them to do. Um, but just awesome to be around so many, so many magic fans, so many excited magic fans. Um, if you didn't get a chance to check out this drop, I believe they will have some of them available at the Amway center on Friday. You know, very, very limited. It's very, very kind of like, I, I'm, I'm not a big fashion or shoe guy. So like this kind of exclusive drop event was very, very new and, and weird to me. Um, but again, just uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much at Duvin for bringing people together, uh, creating some very comfortable, comfortable t-shirts uh, at, at, at the very least. I'm, I'm always a fan of comfortable t-shirts. Um, and so I appreciate, I appreciate all that and was very happy to be uh, among magic fans as always, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of locked on magic on our next episode. We will be chatting about the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. We'll be back Friday night after the game, Saturday morning after the game. Get that listen in before the Magic take on the Nets. It'll probably be a shorter episode since we do have that back-to-back. And then we'll see you again Saturday night, Sunday Sunday morning for the Magic Nets recap as well. You can catch all the action for Orlando Magic Basketball on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app, search Magic today. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.